Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmade and this week we're blasting back through space and time to hear from DJ and producer Jeff Mills, talking about the orbit of his career so far. Trying to imagine that our reality is just a fraction, a, a very small sliver of something much larger. That actually everything that we've ever known and everything that we will ever know is perhaps maybe a reflection of something else. Jeff Mills has been pushing and pulling at the boundaries of techno ever since he first lit up the Detroit airwaves with his DJ mixes as The Wizard. He takes up the story. The Wizard on 98 WJLV Detroit. Before I, I had made it to radio, I mean, I was, I was a pretty active in the streets of Detroit, you know, the late 70s and the early 80s. You know, to do that, you know, one had to be very creative and very consistent, very impactful, because there were many, many, many DJs trying to do the same thing. This, this idea of being able to do something with music to get a reaction is something that I learned at, at a very, very early age. I've kind of carried it with me throughout my whole career, you know, even from house music in the in the eighties and uh, you know techno in the nineties and and classical music and things like that. So you you, you know you, it, it's really become a tool, basically. We begin in 2015 when the artist came to London to present his then new project, Light from the Outside World, an ambitious techno meets orchestra experiment. You would have heard Mills's electronic map of sounds and shapes reimagined with layers of strings, brass, and the percussion of the BBC Symphony Orchestra. Enhancing the harmonic layers in the original electronic compositions, these new arrangements casted classics like the bells in a totally new light. Now based in Europe, he spoke to me about where his love of the orchestra came from in the first place. Uh, well, I mean, my influence mainly comes from, well, it comes from science fiction, actually. I, I, as a kid, I, you know, every, every week we were, we were at the movie theater. And, and then as you get older, you become a little bit more aware of, you know, the, you know, the film and the meaning of the film. And, and, and the soundtrack, you know, were, were, was, was always something that we really began to pay more attention to. And who made it and, you know, who, you know, who did the arrangements and things like that. And so I kind of learned classical music actually through, um, through, through film, actually. Mm-hmm. 
I'm interested to know, I mean, were there sort of early soundtracks that you distinctly remember? I mean, as a, as a young kid, Star, Star Wars was above all the, you know, the top, you know, film, <laughs> and then also the soundtrack with John, John Williams. You know, I, I, I found out, uh, you know, later how much of his work actually for many, many, for as long as I can remember, you know, from TV shows to commercials to to, to other films, well, I realized that I had always had this connection since I was very, very, very young, you know, because I, I knew all these all these themes, you know. So, so Star Wars really wasn't my first co- contact with you know with John Williams and his work, but you know Jerry, Jerry Goldsmith also you know was was very very active in the seventies and eighties and you know science fiction, and then later Hans Zimmer and. Um, and then, and then as I got, you know, even older, um, in my, uh, mid twenties, I got into Gregory, Gregory, uh, Leggett and, you know, through, of course, through films and, and more mature type of composition work, I guess. And, and, um, yeah, and you just, yeah, kind of progress along. How do you think it affected your work? I mean, maybe from what you're saying, the sense of melody was was always there, or the or, or maybe the thicker orchestral textures. Well, like very early in my career, I always made compositions um, that kind of lean more towards or- orchestration. But these weren't the compositions that that I'm best known for. It's more club music, you know. But since the late '80s to early '90s, I had always had a certain amount of compositions that were kind of you know, I, I was kind of wishful thinking, you know, that, that uh, perhaps maybe I could compose this track to the point that people would not think that it's electronic music, but actually classical. I kind of done it, you know, time and time, over and over again for, for years and years and years. And then when I was asked uh, to put together a collection of my work that could be translated for orchestra, I had a good number of compositions that I thought that would be perfect for for that type of uh, arrangements and, and translation. What are the challenges of uh, translating the music? Well, um, translating the definition of funk is very hard to do. Um, it's, it's very it's very hard to explain to an orchestra. Um, to, <laughs> um, you know, depending on the conductor, if the conductor is you know from has some jazz background or something, or I, I guess that might be the the, the elements in electronic music. Um, you know, we use we use funk. As, as sometimes an underlining character in in the music, you know, because because we have to deal with physical uh, the physicality of the music. So wanting to translate not just the composition but also the way the composition feels to the listener is something that's really hard to do. The objective is basically the same. You know, you're trying to explain something through through sound, through chords, through harmonics, and things like that. Trying to explain something that is not in in the classical vocabulary. I, I think 
is interesting. Yeah. Do you get involved in the nitty gritty? Do you say things like more timpanis, more bassoon? Give me, give me double basses. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can explain to the arranger, you know, my my original composition and why it was made and what the sounds mean. That that's, which is really important. So, what what is the conversation? Is it between two and three voices, or you know, is it just one solo voice? Um, the more that I explain to the arranger, the more he has a better idea of how to how to create something that's close to the original. So, of course, yeah, I, I, I can say, you know, this composition, the strings, you know, were more prominent than, say, any other sound. So so then, you know, the, the, the arrangement can be that, or, or I say, um, you know, the composition was really designed for the listener to feel as if they are by themselves. So then a lone instrument, maybe clarinet or, you know, um, the, the tuba or, or something like that, you know, is, is applied in that in that position. You know, again, communicating is not a, you know, it's not a, it's not a problem, uh, you know, that, that I've run into yet. When I'm when I'm performing, I'm actually inside of the body of the orchestra, which means that what I hear isn't exactly what the audience hears. I'm I'm generally closer to the double bass and to the cellos. So what so what I hear more prominently are those are the sounds of those instruments. And even though you know what what I'm playing and what I'm doing is coming out it's very balanced and very and very even uh, for the audience, but I you know I feel that I'm actually part of a larger machine that's you know for my ears and what i'm doing and where i am positioned on the stage that, that that's kind of how it feels so it's it's quite different from being in the studio and and being over equipment and having complete control and balance and and i can listen to it from a distance and things it's a bit different you know you're, you're kind of like inside the machine basically that that's the feeling And um, and so the compositions were selected based on this idea about our surrounding, and so um, so the so the compositions were I, I kind of compiled them to kind of show the different textures, I suppose, of the way that we live as as a human species. So some are very aggressive, some are very experimental, some are very um, charming, some are very very mysterious. Um, some feel very comfortable, some feel very strange. Just, just trying to look at the human emotion and trying to attack it by, from uh, many, many different directions this is, is how I came to the track list. Four men and a beautiful girl, off on a fantastic voyage, actually entering inside the human body. Exploring an unknown universe, unknown dangers. You know, the title actually comes from a film. It, it, it comes from the science fiction film Fantastic Voyage. And um, this film was released in 1965. It's this, it's this film where um, this team of scientists and, and, and 
and doctors and were were shrunk down to microscopic size and then injected into the body of this dying person to go into the body and travel through the body up to the brain to kill the cancer <laughs> with uh, laser beams. And um, part, part, part of the story, they're traveling to the brain and they pass uh, the ear. And, it's, and so they're in this, spine, this tiny little uh, uh, craft. One of the actors points to this light that's coming from uh, the outside. And she goes, you know, what, what is this light? And the, and the other character replies back to her, that, you know, that's the light from the outside world. She, uh, you know, she looks at him in a very cur- curious way, but, but it made me think that perhaps the reality that we live in is something like that, that, that maybe what we see, maybe all the colors, all the shapes, all, all the reality, all the memories, everything is really, is really a reflection or the light from something else. So there's, there's a long, <laughs> uh, explanation of where the, where the theme and the, and the story comes from. Have you enjoyed the translation from uh, the clubs to the concert hall? Has that been a, an, an interesting sort of journey? Yes, I have. I mean, I mean, uh, it's, it's nice because it's the most formal thing that you're ever going to do, you know, so tuxedos, and it's just really nice to be involved in something that's so organized. And I mean, I've done the most unconstructed type of things that one could imagine from being a DJ. So it's in contrast to that, it's to be able to manage both at the same time is very is very nice you know so having to have to perform earlier in the evening is great because on the next night i have to play till six, six o'clock in the in the morning so it's it's nice to have a variety and um and i i would recommend it for any other dj or electronic music musician to find something else to hold and to have in contrast to what you normally do and then it, I think it makes it makes DJing and producing music even more enjoyable, actually. Your career it has been incredible, you know, from Detroit and through to the modern uh, day. I mean, what what have you learned? I mean, what what lessons for uh, you know you come to? I've learned the reality of the way things are. You know that we got here by making mistakes. You know, and if we and if we don't make the mistakes we we won't learn as much so exploring new things not not worrying about whether you're going to be loved or liked or you know whether you're going to get a grade or or maybe the best education for whatever you do is to try something and if you're lucky uh you know you may fail at that and if you fail from that then you know you know what not to do the next time you know, on the other side of the coin, if you are successful, then you don't really know what failure is really like. So the more, you know, the more a person tries to try new things, the more that, and, and if they're unsuccessful, the more they're going to learn about and narrow down which, which things will bring more, more success or more deeper success. 
so that that's been pretty much the the um, you know my, my agenda for the past 15 20 years is to try to explore as much as I possibly can with this music because I'm, I'm learning so many things in the process and maybe all those things or all these things will lead to something else maybe not even musical I'm learning tremendous amount of things by doing things that I'm not familiar with I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So he performed light from the outside world to a rapturous reception at the Barbican in October 2015, accompanied, of course, by the BBC Symphony Orchestra with conductor Christoph Mangal. Let's time jump now two years to June 2017, when he presented a series of events entitled From Here to There, incorporating music, dance and film. This was also part of a bigger science fiction series called Into the Unknown, which ran across the Barbican Centre that year. He even returned to once again expand the original Light from the Outside World performance to include a new arrangement, Utopia. Let's learn about that first. Over time, I realized that, you know, I really have to get this track arranged and and, uh, I was insistent on on, on putting this one in. I think it's one of the most interesting tracks in in the whole performance. It speaks to a subject that that relates to any and every, every living thing, basically, you know. And uh, it's story form type of way. So it starts off very dark, and then it gets very mysterious, and then it gets really aggressive, and then it gets very calm, like like it's arrived at somewhere, you know, um, from all that, from all that energy and all that uh, activities. So let us hear more about from here to there as we continue our fantastic voyage with this artist. I started by asking about the themes and ideas of the residency and the early conversations with the programming team at the Barbican. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was informed that the residency will kind of fall in, uh, in a uh, time of a larger science fiction fair. And, and it was 
pretty much uh, up to me to decide the contents of the residency and how I would tie them together. So I thought that uh, maybe I need to have a general theme, and that theme dresses it in different perspectives for each each night of the of the residency. And so I I thought that um, a lot of science fiction subjects and stories, you know, they they tend to take place about time. So time time travel or the time that it takes to get here, or looking at time in a, in a completely different way, and these type of what if type of scenarios. So I thought that time, the subject of time, would be the uh, in the main subject. And then it would be approached in, in four different ways. So Fantastic Voyage is a race against time. There is a, you know, the main character in the film is dying from a violent attack. And these uh, characters need to shrink themselves to microscopic scale and insert themselves into this, his body to cure him from the inside, you know, and there's this race of time for that. Life to Death and Back is really about the 12 hours it takes for the god of Osiris to reincarnate you so that you can come back to Earth again and, and walk, walk the planet, you know? So, it, so 12 hours there. Planets is a classical piece that is about planets, but it was made very much in reference to the time and the time that it takes to get from one planet to the next is factored into the way that you listen to the performance and you listen to the, to the concept. And, and then the last one, uh, uh, Light from the Outside World, referencing time, but it's using light as the, as the, as the element to measure that. It speaks to a, a time different from our own time or reality that we're in now. So those are the, the, uh, you know, the four perspectives of that, of that subject that, that we'll address. Let's start with the project Life to Death and Back. This project is a really interesting mix of live music, dance and film. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, it addresses what most ancient Egyptians practiced and, how they, and, how, and what they lived their lives for, was to basically live their life in the best possible way, 365 gods for each day of the year. Just about everything that they did was under the, 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 the spirit of or the, almost, in a way, the instructions of what a, a god of that day prescribed. And they did that all the way until the end of their life. And so this performance references just that. It starts with the point where they're reborn again, and they make their way down to Earth from the star that they traveled from. And then they walk the Earth and experience things, life. The viewer is, is watching the film, they're experiencing different parts of the Egyptian wing of the Louvre. So there's three different periods in where they um, go to, or, or, or three different parts of the museum that uh, we, we film uh, dance choreography in. I wanted to ask about filming in the Louvre in Paris. That, that must have been an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was um, quite interesting. I mean, I was only given a window of, uh, of about eight hours a day for two days. So 16 hours... We had to film the whole entire thing on a Tuesday, which is the only day that the museum is closed. So we started quite quite early in the morning, 
And yeah, you can't sweep anything. You can't wipe anything. Even the dust on the floor, you have to call someone in order to be able to do that. You can't move anything around. You can't move a trash can around. You can't lean on anything. You can't touch hardly anything. It, it required a lot of discussion, a lot of thought, a lot of me going back to the museum, taking measurements, uh, looking at the lighting, uh, looking at the um, just a, a whole huge outline of points that I needed to to do before even getting to the part of the choreography and the dancing and what the dancers you know would actually do you know so we did it it's very beautiful film and uh, performance and yeah it, it, it really required a lot of, of work So, moving to Fantastic Voyage, you've rescored an incredible amount of films now. What do you look for in a film to make you want to create your own soundtrack? Well, well first, I, you know, the film has to be enjoyable. The, cinema, the cinematography helps greatly. So working on a Fritz Lang film, you know, it's, it's like paradise, you know, because, you know, there's so much that I can use in order to be able to address that with sound. The movement of the characters, this is really the work of the director. I can really tell whether the director was really conscious of detail of movement and placement. The, you know, the scene just doesn't have characters, but it also has a different layers of, of uh, ways of communicating to the, to the viewer. And, and so I'm, I'm generally looking at what I can kind of latch on to, things that would give me indications of the, you know, the temple, for instance, if the scene is consisting of multiple characters. I know that I can use more voices sometimes to address each one of those characters or just make it a sixth character that's there. Some sound that doesn't have the character of any of those people. Yeah, just just a variety of things that um, I'm generally looking for or to be able to, to, to apply the music. And with a score such as this, is there a certain amount of improvisation? How much do you have planned in advance? Well, well, well you know, what I do in, in to get ready for a Cinemix, I make the music for the segment of the film, but then I apply it manually and, and you know, by hand in real time. I'm, so I'm mixing the music so I can I can modify it and extend things and shorten things and change things around in real time while while the film is running or i can emphasize on certain things in the music that i made or i can just change it completely so that's what kind of makes it closer to the way films were addressed back in the you know the, the you know, 20th century where a group of musicians would play the soundtrack as you watch the film it, it's pretty much the same thing We move to the return of the Project Light from the outside world. I wanted to start by asking whether you remember fondly the 2015 performance at the Barbican. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that's been actually one of the highlights of, of, the whole, <laughs> of my whole uh, classical, you know, electronic performance uh, career so far. I mean, that, 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 that show was uh, just incredible, you know, the uh, reaction of the people and the reaction of the musicians. So it's something that it's it's a show that we talk about all the time, and actually we we use it as a as a measurement for a lot of other shows. You know, you know the London shows is what we call it. We're we're constantly modifying it, changing it because we are taking from things that we experience. 
from one performance to the next, you know, and we, we can see, you know, that certain things could be better. For instance, in the track of Amazon, we've modified the solo part between me and the percussion a few, a few times, you know. We now understand that that part needs to be longer. It needs to be, it needs to allow time for me to be able to really play the drum machine and do whatever I want to do and break away from the orchestra. And, and, it's, and it's also a time for the percussion part of the orchestra to just improvise and just play what they feel some of the magic of this, of this performance kind of, kind of rolls out. The bells is always changing because uh, of what I'm doing on the drum machine while the orchestra is playing the part. So I'm always trying to find ways to make new versions of it. So different drum patterns, different breaks, different different things that I'm adding all the time. And then I'm also, you know, in more of the experimental parts like medium C and, uh, and, other, and other things. I'm always trying, bringing in new, new pieces of equipment. Yeah, so we'll, so we'll be doing the same for this, for this London show. So. Okay, we've reached, finally, Planets. This new work seems like a logical development of the ideas and themes from Light from the Outside World. Yeah, I mean, what, what I wanted to do was to, uh, at least in the least case, was a step forward and to improve the idea and really show that a collaboration between two genres can really be almost seamless, you know? It can be in a way that it becomes difficult to distinguish between who's playing what, that the listener just begins to just listen to the music as it is. And so I thought that planets should be at least a new type of sound. So I started off from that, and the subject matter was the nine planets. And different from Hall, from Gustav Hall's, what he did 100 years ago with the planets, this, this version should be really based on a journey because the, you know, the idea of the journey to another planet or to, or to something away from Earth will be more commonly uh, explored in the decades and the centuries to come for humanity. Imagining 100 years from now, where humans will have been probably will somehow reflect uh, what I was trying to say in this project. So with using the force of the sun to propel ourselves towards the planet of Mercury, using the force and the rotation of Mercury to propel ourselves to Venus and so on, all the way into Pluto. Exploring each type of planet, so rock planets versus gas planets. But then when we get to Jupiter and to Saturn and Uranus and Pluto, it becomes more mysterious and so does the music. So what I was doing was using what we generally know of each planet, what science data tells us about each planet, translate that into the original scores and, uh, and that's really what the performance is about lastly if someone did give you a ticket into space say on one of those shuttle trips we see in the news would you go yeah of course yes yeah, of course yeah if uh, if i if i could go tomorrow i'd be packing my bags now it, it takes a certain type of person to want to not go to stay <laughs> um to not be to not be curious about what's you know what's out there i think that takes a very special circumstance to to not want to know what's you know up and beyond the stars you know so yeah of course yeah i would i would i would be willing to go like right away thanks to jeff for speaking to us i hope you enjoyed his words music and journey through time and space I'm Ben Eshmade. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast, a series that is about inspiring more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and theme series. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Acast, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help us get the word out.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.